You are now listening to the Rose of Sharon Church podcast. It is our prayer that God challenges your heart during this week's message. If you would like to let us know what God is doing in your life, please email us at rostnshare at gmail.com. We're glad you're here. Welcome home to Rose of Sharon Church. But Genesis chapter 12, and then take one finger, stick it in there, and take your other finger and turn to Genesis chapter 15. Genesis chapter 12 and Genesis chapter 15 this morning. And uh, we're going to be continuing along our journey uh, through the Journeyman Chronicles. And uh, I tell you, we have uh, this word, and I just want to encourage you uh, to make sure to bring your Bible. Look at your neighbor and say, bring your Bible. In whatever form that you carry it, whether it is leather bound or whether it is iPad bound, however you bring your Bible, bring your Bible. Why? Because it's very important that you have a place where you can be able to see. Because what we put up on the, up on the screen is, is just the verses that I'm talking about. And sometimes you need to be able to, uh, to add things here or there, whatever they may be. So that you can be able to remind yourself, and I need to look at the context of this. I need to look at this, that, whatever it is. Because you do not want to take my word for it. And you don't want to take any pastor's word for it. Why? You want to be able to see it in your own eyes. You want to be able to apply it in your own life. You want to be able to have it, to know it, to digest it, and let it become a part of you. And it only becomes a part of you whenever you get interactive with it. Amen? So let's get interactive with the Word of God here today. Amen? The Journeyman Chronicles, Genesis chapter 12, uh, beginning in verse 1, the Word of God states this. We started this three weeks ago, and or four weeks ago now, whatever that it may be. And we start off with this passage of Scripture. Now the Lord had said to Abram, get out of your country from the family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And so Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him. Brother and sister, in Genesis chapter 12, we are introduced to a man whose accomplishments and sheer faith in a promise granted him access to the hall of faith in Hebrews chapter 11. The background information on Abram is very limited at best. But what we do know is that he is Terah's son. He's from the land of Ur of the Chaldeans. He's been living in the city of Haran, and he's married to a lady by the name of Sarah. And this lady is beautiful, but she's also barren. She can't have kids. Now, from this background, the Lord sees something in Abram that, to be honest, if you're just reading the Scripture, you probably would have never, ever seen. He may have been ordinary in every other means and in every other way, but there is something that got the Lord's attention. And the Lord's, when he began to put his attention on Abram, he offered Abram a journeyman contract. What is that journeyman contract? He says this, that if Abram will just come with him, that he will make something great of him. That he would bless him, that he would make him into something great. Brother and sister, and what we began to talk about the last few weeks is that in this journeyman contract, the only thing that he asked of Abram is this. Will you be willing to take a journey with me? Brother and sister, we've said it once before. I'll say it again. Where God takes you is less about you and it's more about Him. Where God is going to take you is not about what exactly you can do near as much as what it is about what can God do in you and through you. So that gives me great hope. Why? Because if I don't have it all together, guess what? 
I don't have to have it all together. I've just got to say, Lord, take me on a journey, and He will bring it all together as I follow Him. Man, y'all are way too quiet in this house this morning. Lord, have mercy. Lord Jesus, look at your neighbor and say, come on and say amen a few times with me. Hallelujah. And so as a church, we declared that we will trust the Lord. And we will take a journey with Him. We stated that if He would lead, then we would follow. That if He would empower us in this journey, then we would build altars of a relationship. Where we would encounter the giver of that power. My Lord, have mercy. He will bless us so that we can bless others along the journey. We declare that we would be changed, that we would make progress, that we would pitch our tent, that we would pitch our tent toward His presence and not toward Sodom. My Lord, have mercy. And that we would not be attracted by the lures of Sodom, but we would be attracted to the presence of the Lord. And we will build an altar of relationship with Him. My God, I feel a preach coming on this morning. We will teach and we will reach our potential. We will reach our promised land of blessing. We will reach our promised land of purpose. We will reach our promised land and we will see fulfillment of that purpose in our life. Brother and sister, what we've been doing the last few weeks and that is this, we've just been taking a journey. We say, Lord, we're just going to trust you. We're going to take a journey. So brother and sister, I want you to take your finger now and turn to Genesis chapter 15. Flip over, and one more time, will you stand to your feet across this building as we give honor to the Word of God this morning. This morning, we're going to continue down the Journeyman Chronicles for a few moments. Genesis chapter 15, beginning in verse 1. If you have it, say amen. I want it in front of you this morning. I want you to catch this because, brother and sister, for some of you, this may be the most powerful word that you need that you've ever heard. Why? Because you need it today more than ever. Because, brother and sister, this morning I bring you an encouraging word. I bring you a word of steadfastness. I bring you a word that will allow you to be anchored in something that is greater than what you are. In a world of turmoil, in a world of tumult, in a world where everything is going crazy around you, there is a foundation of God, and it stands sure in your life. Now I want you to get hold of it this morning. Genesis chapter 15, beginning in verse 1. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield. Oh, Jesus. Your exceedingly great reward. Look at your neighbor and say, if you'll follow, the Lord's got a reward at the end of it for you. Hallelujah. But Abram said, Lord God, what will you give me? Seeing as I have, or seeing I go childless, and the heir of my house is Eleazar of Damascus. Then Abram said, Look, you have given me no offspring. Indeed, one born in my house is my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, This one shall not be your heir, my Lord. But one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. It doesn't matter what the circumstance says, brother and sister. It matters what the Lord says. My God in heaven. Then he brought him outside and said, Look now toward heaven and count the stars if you are able to number them. And he said to them, So shall your descendants be. Look at verse 6. And he believed in the Lord. And he accounted it to Abram for righteousness. Praise God. Mm. 
And then Abram said, to, or then he said to him, I am the Lord you, that, who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land to inherit it. And Abram said, Lord God, how shall I know what, that I will inherit it? And he said to him, bring me a three-year-old heifer, a three-year-old female goat, a three-year-old ram, a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. And he brought all these things to him and cut them in two down the middle and placed each piece upon the other, but he did not cut the birds in two. Now catch verse 11. Get this in your spirit. And when the vultures came down on the carcasses, Abram drove them away. Father, in the name of Jesus this morning. Dear God, Lord, even as we've been taking this journey, dear God, in the name of Jesus, I pray right now, dear God, Lord, those that are suffering from depression, anxiety, hurt, all these things, in the name of Jesus, they've been holding for the promise. I pray right now, Almighty God, Lord, that they hear this word and it brings encouragement to their heart. I pray in the name of Jesus. Uh, dear God, that which you have promised, that you will do. What you have spoken, oh God, that's what you will do. And in the name of Jesus this morning, I pray, dear God, that the word of God comes alive, that you speak it to our hearts, that you, dear God, begin to grow it in our spirit and let it produce fruit, I pray, in the mighty name of Jesus. And dear God, let us fight some vultures today, I pray. In the name of Jesus, we declare it. Amen, 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 amen. Come on and tell two or three people around you. Say, come on and fight some vultures this morning. This morning, I want to speak for a few moments on fighting vultures. Abram has made a choice. He's made a choice to leave Haran. To make a journey with the Lord. To his promised land. And after arriving there, he began to build altars of communication with the Lord. Like we talked about two weeks ago. He has experienced drought in Canaan. And when he experienced drought in Canaan after he arrived there, guess what he had to do? He had to go to Egypt. And when he got to Egypt, he found drama. He found drama of his own making. But and sister, realize something. There's something worse than trouble in your life. And that's whenever you compound trouble that comes naturally with trouble that you cause yourself. For some odd reason, as we talked about a couple weeks ago, it's amazing about humans. We do it all the time. We get into trouble. But we just can't, we cannot let trouble just be trouble. We have to get into it and make trouble and then put another layer of my self-inflicted trouble usually on top of it. It's amazing to me that Abram, as we talked about a couple weeks ago, how that Abram heard the voice of the Lord to get out and he left but somehow on his trip to Egypt, he got nervous and he couldn't trust God to keep his wife and keep himself safe. So he come up with an idea. Brother and sister, can I just share this with you? God's able. He is able to get you to your place of fulfillment. And so what happens in Egypt, he finds drama. But God is able to come and pull him out of the drama and rescue him. And when he rescues him, guess what then happens? He leaves Egypt, and as he's leaving trouble, and as, as he's leaving problems, and as he's leaving all kinds of issues, guess what happens? Whenever he comes back into Canaan land, something very special has happened. He walks back into the promised land more blessed than whenever he went into trouble. 
See, that's only God can do that. Only God can be able to bring you into a place where you can be into trouble in one moment, but by the time you get out of the trouble, God has put you in a place where you can be blessed and blessed and blessed. And He brought you to a place of such blessing that Lot's herds and his herds cannot be able to even come close to being, to, to sus- the land couldn't sustain him. So they split it up. So what happens? Abram and Lot, they separate. And Lot, for the first time, has a choice he's going to make. And what does he do? He chooses to pitch his tent towards Sodom. While Abram comes and pitches his tent toward the altar. And at the altar, he finds safety. He finds blessing. He finds all kinds of fulfillment. But Lot... He finds himself living next to a city, and whenever war breaks out, guess what happens? He gets caught up in it. Brother and sister, understand something. you got to watch out where you're at, because where you're at, where you pitch your tent, that's where you're at. And where you're at, if it's wicked, guess what? It's going to wash off on you. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And so last week we talked about the choice of where we're going to pitch our tent. And our choice is where our heart is. Mm, Jesus. And so as he comes to this place, he now we find him in Genesis chapter 15. And he's in a place where that God has so blessed him. And God is, it's one of these moments where he has been able to go and rescue Lot. He's been in a fight, he's been in a war, but he rescued Lot, he rescued his possessions, rescued his family, everything, his company, rescued them all. And so now, Abram is in this place that God is blessed, and he is looking and saying, my God, you have put me in this place of blessing, this is my inheritance, this is all these things. And in those moments, all of a sudden the Lord appears and begins to speak to him. And notice what he begins to say. He states this. He says, do not be afraid, Abram, because I am your shield and your exceedingly great reward. See, the significance of this word to Abram is self-evident. Abram has been through some drama. He's been through some trouble. He's had to fight for other people's benefit. He's had to fight and intercede for Lot. He's had to intercede for Sodom and Gomorrah. He interceded. He fought for. He's been in a place where there's been all kinds of blessing, but all kinds of problems. Brother and sister, let me just share this with you. Just because you are in the Lord's work does not mean that you are going to go through life drama free. And let me just share this with you. There will be moments in your life that you are going through trouble that you will look at the Lord and you'll say, Lord, I thought I'm doing what you want me to do. But why is all this stuff still happening? Why is this stuff going on? I have call, I've been called to serve you. I stepped out. I left home. I am here. I am in the place that you've called me. But there is still drama. There is still stuff going on. There is still problems going on. Brother and sister, let me share this with you. Just because the Lord calls you does not mean, brother, that there will be all the time perfect days. But he comes to this and he says this. Brother and sister, he says this. He says, but Abram, relax because I'm going to be your shield. I am going, you don't have to be afraid, you don't have to worry, you don't have to worry about this one and that one coming against you, because I will be your shield, I will be the one that they will have to face in battle, I will be the one that will protect you from the devourer, I will be the one that will stand in the gap between you and the army that opposes you, I will be the one. Brother and sister, realize this this morning in Romans chapter 8 and verse 31. What shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Romans chapter 8 and verse 37 states, Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. 
Realize this, brother and sister, no matter what your trauma is, no matter what your drama is, no matter what your trouble is, no matter what your trial is, brother and sister, you do not have to be afraid. Why? Because the Lord, he will be your shield. Lord have mercy. What is the shield's job? It's to be between you and the attacker. Lord have mercy. Can I just share something, brother and sister? If you're not in a fight, you're not going to need a shield. So the Lord says this, guess what? It's okay if you're in a fight. It's okay if you're going through problems. It's okay if that's happening. It's normal. But he says this, in the middle of the fight, I'll be the one that will stand between you and the attacker. I'll be the one. I'm greater than they are. Brother and sister, realize this. Notice that the Lord God reaffirmed his promise to Abram. And Abram did not confront the Lord about being his shield. In our text, he didn't confront. Why? Because he'd already been through a lot of stuff and he'd found out, guess what? The Lord is my shield. He's going to be with me. He comes to a place, he's like, I know God's with me. I've been through enough fights. I know the Lord is with me. There have been fights that I was stupid in, and I caused it myself that the Lord still showed up and he blessed me. Look at Genesis chapter 14. You can read it and you can find out yourself about it. Brother and sister, realize what then begins to happen. But he does begin to to confront and ask for clarification from the Lord about something. This part about your exceedingly great reward. Abram comes to a place that the Lord had promised him descendants. Has promised him that he would inherit the promised land. But where are they? That is the question that Abram had. You promised me I would give this to my kids. If you haven't noticed yet, Lord, I don't have any kids. My wife cannot have kids. Hello? Hello? Brother and sister, can I just share something? How many of you have ever been in that situation where, where you've got questions of the Lord? He's like, you know what? Wait, I've followed you. But when are they coming? How are they coming? Is it with Sarah or is it with somebody else? Is it just what's going on, Lord? How in the world can you be able to do this? We all have been there where we've asked the Lord some questions. And if you haven't yet, guess what? You will. Okay? You will. You will come to some places that you will ask questions like, what in the world is going on, Lord? You can be in prayer and God can be able to give you such peace and begin to whisper promises in your heart. And you're like, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. And you'll get up and you're like, "Woo! I have heard from the Lord. And yes, Lord. And all of a sudden, but after you walk for a while, all of a sudden there comes points and times you're like going, I heard from the Lord. I know I did, but when is it coming? Brother understand something. The promise of the Lord is a promise of the Lord. But recognize this. The promise of the Lord works on the Lord's time. I've realized something with my children. I love my children. They are 17 and they are 14. Realize what I've learned and that is this. You have to make sure when you talk to them about what they are going to do that you put on what timetable that you are actually holding them accountable to. Because if it's McKenna time or Michaela time, that time sometimes doesn't come. It's after the phone call. It's after the TV show. It's after they go visit their friends. It's after this. It's after softball practice. It's after this. It's after that. And all of a sudden, well, now it's time to go to bed. So I guess I just don't have time. You come walking in, you're like, why wasn't it done? 
Just didn't have time. What did you do? Well, understand this. The promise of God or your promise is usually subjected to your time schedule. I recognize that when my wife asked me to do something, I've recognized what that time schedule usually is. It means now. <laughs> and there are times that the now comes part up against what my schedule is, and then now we have to have a discussion. And I found out that it's good to have that discussion before we get too far down the road. Why? Because a happy wife is a happy life. Oh, my God. Where are the husbands at in this house? You are so scared that you're just like, my God, I ain't, I ain't clapping for that. Lord, I'm no, no. I ain't clapping. No. But you know what? That is the amazing thing, that those promises that you make are subject to your time schedule. You're subject to that. And you know what God says? I have promised you, Abraham. And just because it has not happened yet does not mean that it will not happen. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Brother and sister, understand something. We have all been there where we're walking and we are doing what God has called us to. And we are following after the Lord and we are walking according to His statutes. We are being what God has called us to be. To the best of our ability, we are growing in the Lord. We are moving forward and fulfilling the purpose of our life. But brother and sister, understand something. Just because we are moving forward does not mean that that means that God will immediately answer every promise that He's given you. Why? Because God is strategic. And I have found something about the Lord. He, when He promises you things, there are always ability levels of our responsibility that we have to grow into to be able to not only attain the promise, but to use it effectively. What good is it for me to give, even though I, I've seen this happen, I thought, dear God in heaven, what good is it for somebody to be able to give a child an iPad? And the only thing they do is go, yay! That iPad can do so much more than just, that iPad can do so much more. But the iPad can only do according to what the intellect of the one that's holding it. That's a good time to say amen there. The promise that the Lord wants to give you can be so, the thing that He's been whispering into your heart, the thing that He's been breathing into your spirit, the thing that He's been talking to you about. Brothers and understand something. Those promises are life-changing moments. And if you are in a position where you cannot grasp a hold of it and use it to the greatest of that ability, then understand something. It's like casting your pearls before swine. It's like giving an iPad that costs $600 to your five-year-old and go, play games. But you can put it in the hands of like Brother Jason or or, or Megs or name, they can be able to share everything, you know, all kinds of on the band and past music here and there and all across the country. You can do all kinds of stuff with it. Why? Brother and sister, their ability to use it has grown from just what the five-year-old is. Brother and sister, understand something. God is in the midst of trying to be able to work. And this is what Abram is saying, Lord. This is what you have promised me. 
Why is it not begin to come full to pass yet? What is going on, Lord? Brother and sister, if you have been wondering that, it is okay to wonder where is it at, Lord. It's okay to be able to wonder what's going on, God. It's okay to ask the Lord, Lord, what is going on? Because understand something, brother and sister, it's okay if you will just shut up from complaining about it and listen to what the Lord has to say because He will talk to you if you let Him. That doesn't mean that you'll like exactly what He says, but He will talk to you. The problem is so many times we'll get to a point of complaining against the Lord that we never get to a place of listening to the Lord. And Abram, in a moment of communication with the Lord, he then turns around and he says, Lord, I got some questions here. I know you're faithful and you're being my shield. But what about this reward that you promised me? What about my descendants? What about this child? What about this, oh God? Sister, realize what then begins to happen because the Lord responds to it. He says, uh, Abram, come with me up there. He says, Look up there at the stars. And he said, I want you to realize something. Even as those stars are in, you're unable to even count them. That is going to be what I'm going to do in you. You're going to be the start of all of this. I'm going to produce in you. You are asking for one child. I'm not just going to give you one. I'm going to be able to produce and begin to start a chain reaction in you. That's going to begin to cause. Oh, Jesus. Understand something. Understand something. What God does. He never gives him the details. He just says this, I'm going to reaffirm what I've already promised you, Abram. I'm going to reaffirm it. Brother and sister, if you're looking for details sometimes, God sometimes just says this, the details doesn't matter. It's It's just if you will trust me. Sister, listen what begins to happen because in Genesis chapter 15 in verse 6, we go from a man that has all kinds of questions. And in verse 6, it states this, that he believed in the Lord and he accounted it to him for righteousness. Abram recognized the reaffirmation of the promise. He says, I will believe that. And whenever he reached up and said, yes, Lord, I will believe that. The Lord says, I recognize your faith, Abram. And even before there's grace, I will take your faith and acquire and account it as righteousness in your life. But it's just to realize this. Sometimes the answer is just this. Trust me. Have faith in me. Faith, I love the acrostic of faith. F-A-I-T-H. Forsaking all, I trust Him. Even when we are in the midst of turmoil, even when we're in the midst of just not knowing and not understanding, brother and sister, understand that the answer, what the answer is, and when the answer will come, We just sometimes have to trust God for it. Sometimes you need to get your eyes off of what is the answer, Lord, to you are the answer. And you are the God of the answer. So I will stop trying to be able to root out the answer and I will just trust the God of the answer. I know that at times that's difficult. I know at times that is difficult to be able to do. Brothers and sisters, sometimes when we are in a place where we are following after God, we are searching after Him, there comes those moments that we then have to begin to put into walking leather the very thing that God is, is trying to be able to produce in us. 
If we have been following the Lord for a time, then we should have a relationship with Him where that we should be able to begin to trust Him. And this is where we need to be able to continue to build altars because, brother and sister, isn't it amazing that even Abram, who is a builder of altars, was somebody that still had questions for the Lord, but the Lord still answered those questions, maybe in not a way that Abram said, yes, Lord, I, yeah, I understand that answer, but he did it in a way that because he was an altar builder and because he had a relationship with God, that he was able to trust the God of the answer. See, brother and sister, understand in Hebrews chapter 11, beginning in verse 1, listen to what the Word of God says. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. There will be moments when the only thing you have is just trust in the Lord. But if you will hold on to that, you will obtain a good report. You will obtain the answer. You will obtain what God has promised you. Numbers 23 and verse 19. God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. Has he said and will he not do? Or has he spoken and will he not make it good? Brother and sister, God is a God that will keep his word with you. Hebrews chapter 4, beginning in verse 14. Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. What confession? That confession of who He is. Verse 15. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are yet without sin. He knows your difficulties. He knows the weakness that you may have at times. But listen to verse 16. But let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Praise God. You don't have all the answers? The Lord understands that. And He says this, come to me. Why? Because, brother and sister, he wants you to come so he can reaffirm what he's doing in your life. Now realize this. Genesis chapter 15, verse 6. One more time. Listen to this. And Abram believed in the Lord, and he accounted to him for righteousness. Now listen now what then happens in verse 7. Then he said to him, I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land to inherit it. And Abram said, Lord God, how shall I know that I will inherit it? Notice the declaration of faith in Genesis 15 and verse 6. Causes God to reaffirm what he has already done in verse 7. Abram's faith has already been established. It's already been recognized by God. Yet he still has questions. He has a question of just when, when will I know that it's, that it's coming? You know what? And the Lord says, you know what? I'm going to reaffirm my covenant with you. So this is what I want you to do. Go and prepare a sacrifice for me. Tell them to go get a heifer. Go get a, a female goat. Go get all these things. Cut them up. Put them on the altar. Because that's what you do at an altar, by the way. <clears throat> put it there. And when you put it there, that's all that he said. Brother Sam, I'm going to share something with you. God many times will reaffirm what he's wanting to do in you. By sometimes asking you to do things. Now, you may say, Pastor Tim, okay, I have a problem with that. Because you know what? I, I've already done something. I left. I left my home. I've been following the Lord. I'm in a place where I am allowing God to fulfill His purpose in my life. 
That divine purpose is working in my life. I am seeing progress in my walk with God. Why can't the Lord just say, okay, Tim, okay, you know, whatever your name is, and okay, I'll just tell you. Why does he ask Abram to do something more than what he's already done? Brother and sister, can I share something with you? Brother and sister, God requires faith. then begins to happen because the thing that he has put on the altar to confirm what God is doing in him the sign is there and Abram is waiting because that's all the Lord told him to do he's just waiting guess what happened Vulture began to try to descend upon the altar to take the sign that the Lord had told him to put down. The confirmation of what God was doing in him is laying before him. The Lord had told him to do it. And now vultures are coming in order to try to steal the confirmation before Abram is able to receive it. Oh, Lord have mercy. Brother sister, can I share something with you? Many times we can be able to move forward in God. Many times we can begin to walk in, 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 in God's purpose in our life. But many times what begins to happen in our life Whenever we begin to have turmoil, we begin struggles, we begin to call out to the Lord, and the Lord begins to say, this is what I want you to do, and I will confirm my work in you. Brother and sister, we begin to say, yes, Lord. Whether it's come to an altar, and we say, yes, Lord. But there are those moments that, guess what begins to happen? The birds and vultures, they are scavengers. They pick what somebody else has done. They feed off of what somebody else has done. Predators kill an animal. The scavengers will come and try to consume what they have killed. They try to steal what is not theirs. Listen, can I just share this with you? Many times that's where we get in our life, in our walk with the Lord. God has been trying His best to be able to confirm things in our life because we need confirmation. But in those moments, some odd reason, when we're so close to confirmation, we can sometimes allow the enemy to steal what God is trying to be able to produce in us. Come here, Glenn. Those of you who have not met Glenn, this is Glenn. I want you to take out your arms. I want you to stretch them all the way out right there. I want you to flap. And I want you to make a vulture noise. Glenn, you, you, should, you should be a vulture more often. And so, now, now flat though. Now this is what begins to happen. This vulture, come on, fly over here. Fly up here. Fly up here. This vulture is trying to descend to take my sacrifice to the Lord. Now notice what happens. Because this is God. God has told me to go and to put it upon the altar. This is what, yeah, keep going. Yeah, yeah, vultures don't rest. Go on, keep on flying. Every once in a while, they go, caca. So go and flatten out. Now realize this. Now look at this, what begins to happen. He is in a place 
where that all these vultures are beginning to descend upon him. But guess what? He could have said, oh, this is the Lord's. This is the Lord's. And you know what? The Lord can defend it. But guess what? The Lord didn't defend that. Abram had placed it upon the altar. And in this place of the altar, guess what is happening? The vulture is coming to descend and to destroy it. But what does Abram begin to do? He begins to shoo him off. Shoo him off. Shoo him off. Go that way. You're going to run out off the platform. Shoo. Don't fly. Don't fly. He shoots them all. Don't fly. Now come back, Glenn. Now you got to fly. You got to fly. Yeah. Now what begins to happen is this. He shoots them off once and they come back. And guess what he's got to do? He's got to shoot them off again. And when they come back, guess what? He's got to shoot them off again. Why? Well, don't fly over there. Come on, come on back. And he keeps coming back, keep on flying, keep on flying. He keeps on pushing them away. He keeps on defending what God is doing. I may be in a place where I may have some questions of the Lord. But I refuse to question what God is doing in me. Hear me, brother. There's a huge difference between questioning God, what's going on? And questioning what God is doing in me. Brother and sister, what began to happen? As the vultures come, here is Abram going, get away, get away. This is God's work. This is what God has called me to do. I will not let you take what is God's. I will not let you. I'll fight you. I will keep you away so that you cannot devour what God is doing in my life. Hear me, brother and sister. Understand, there will be moments like that in your life where you're not going to understand what God is doing, but bless God, God told you something, and I'm going to fight to keep alive what God has promised in my life. Listen, there will be vultures in your life that will come to try to destroy your confirmation before you ever get it. Because what happens is this, if you allow the vulture to destroy your confirmation, do you know what it leaves you with? Questions. And questions that eat away at your faith. My Lord have mercy. But recognize this this morning. In the midst of those things, Abram says this, I will fight these vultures. And I will fight them. In verse 12 he says he fought them all day. Until the sun is going down. He's fighting the vultures away. Fighting them away. Not letting them get close to what God is calling them. Even though he doesn't know the answer. He doesn't know what's going on. He doesn't know everything. But God has called him so he will be there. You know what happens? Whenever the vultures, he shoo them away. And the angel and the vultures have flown off. Flown off. He's tried to sit down three or four times, and now when I'm saying fly off, he wants to stay. But whenever the vultures have been cleared away. Bible says that Abram is exhausted. Slides down next to the altar. Goes into his sleep and look at what verse 13 says. Genesis 15. And the Lord said to Abram after all this took place, Know certainly that your descendants will be strangers in a land that is not theirs. And will serve them and they will afflict them for 400 years. 
and also the nation from which they serve, I will judge. Afterwards, they shall come out with great possessions. Look at the next verse. The next, yeah. Now as for you, you shall go to your fathers in peace. You shall be buried at a good old age. But in the fourth generation, they shall return here. For the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. And it shall come to pass when the sun went down and it was dark. And Abram came back too. That guess what? He saw a torch falling upon the altar. And it become as an oven. Oh Lord Jesus. Brother and sister realize something. The altar that he was protecting is consumed. And he heard. You're going, to have a, a, you're going to have a son. You're going to have descendants. And in those descendants, you're going to see the generation by generation account of what is going to happen. And says, can I just share this with you? Sometimes fighting vultures whenever you're at the, your wit's end can be difficult. Can I share something with you? This is usually the hardest part about fulfilling your purpose. Because there, there will come trouble. And you can be able to cry out to the Lord in the midst of that trouble. And the Lord will reaffirm what He wants to do. But there can be moments that you just need, I need a sign. I need the Lord to work. I need reconfirmation in my spirit. I need, and sometimes we feel like that we're all by ourselves just fighting vultures and trying to keep it away from the promise of the Lord. But brother and sister, whenever we have pushed ourselves and we've gotten to a place that it seems like that all hope is gone, guess what? That is when the Lord shows up consistently. Because we pushed ourselves to be able to fulfill what God has promised and what God has told us. And in that faith, we see the power of God revealed. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, dear God, Lord, this morning for your presence, for your power. Dear God, Lord, this morning, I thank you, mighty God, that even though I may have taken more time than what I should, I thank you, dear God, for this group of people. Dear God, Lord, that has allowed me to be able to just deliver my word. But dear God, Lord, there's some in this building, Lord, that may have walked in this building and may not know you. May have walked in this building and may not.